Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. All right, welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. Producer Joe, how are you today? Episode 800. What was that? Threw you off there, right? I said, hey, I threw you off there, didn't I? I'm usually like, Producer Joe, how are you today? You were so (laughs) expecting it to end with today when I said on episode 800, you didn't know what to do. That's right. Right? Yeah. Your brain processed a completely different set of information. Um, (laughs) Episode 800. It's really not episode 800, though, because Joe and I had recorded some episodes in the beginning. Remember? And they got taken down. Yes. Remember that? Mm -hmm. And we were like, darn. So it's probably episode 801 or 802. But either way, thanks for all the support. You guys and ladies out there are awesome. Um, Listen, I've got... Uh, a tremendous show for you today. Some information came out yesterday and it's finally all coming together. So I'm going to quickly get to some stuff from a recap from Kavanaugh yesterday. The disgrace that happened up on up on the hill and the Kavanaugh hearings, poor guy trying to get his hearing done, people yelling and screaming like kids. Um, and then I want to get into some just uh, incredible new information. Uh, please don't go anywhere. I promise you're going to love this show. I'm going to guess it's going to be our most listened to ever. I'm just saying. Uh, let's get right to it. Today's show brought to you by our buddies at My Patriot Supply. When an emergency strikes, what's your first impulse? If your answers run to the grocery store, well, good luck. You do that here in Florida during hurricane season, you'll find out that there's nothing there. They've stripped those shelves bear. Um, it's starting to happen now, now that hurricane season's kicked up down here in Florida. Well, what's your solution? I'll tell you what mine is. I go to My Patriot Supply. Folks, I'm not making this up. This isn't some like cheesy ad I do to make you feel good. I buy My Patriot Supply emergency food myself. I could probably get the stuff for free from them. I don't even bother because I want it. I want to know I have it. So I go to the website, preparewithdan.com. Of course, I use my own link there, and I buy the stuff myself because you need an emergency food supply. I trust and use it for my emergency food storage. You should too. Long-term power outages, hurricanes, earthquakes, any emergency, you need food. You need food. Do not do not wait another day to do this. Go to my uh, uh, to my Patriot Supplies website. It's, uh, it's our special site. It's preparewithdan.com. And here's a great special. It makes it simple. You can get a two-week emergency food supply for just $75 right now. It contains 92 servings of breakfasts, lunches, and dinners. Get a couple. Get one for your for your kids. Get one for your wife. Take action now. Go to preparewithdan.com or call 888-411-8926. The food lasts up to 25 years in storage. It comes packed in a rugged, slimline tote. Real easy to store away. Only $75. Go to 888-411-8926 uh, or go to preparewithdan.com. That's preparewithdan.com. Do not wait. Okay. Here we go. So yesterday, yeah, here we go. Get ready, folks. Strap in, babe, as Joe would say. So yesterday's Kavanaugh hearing, just quickly, was a total uh, abomination, a disgrace to humankind. Uh, the, regardless of where you stand on Kavanaugh, I, I like the nominee. Uh, the, the histrionics up on Capitol Hill with all of the protesters screaming and yelling. How the Democrats think this helps their cause, I Joe, genuinely don't know. Yeah. Um, I'm sure it helps your cause with the snowflakes, with the Media Matters crowd, with the Antifa thugs, street savages beating the snot out of everyone, um, and the radical far-left kooky donors who you know send, uh, send donations to uh, Ocasio-Cortez and this lady who just won the primary in Massachusetts against Capuano, this lady Finley, uh, who these far leftists, I'm sure that helps. But I, how you were going to explain to me how moderate working class heartland living Americans are turned on by the idea of a bunch of protesters showing up at a Supreme Court nomination um, uh, confirmation hearing up on Capitol Hill, screaming like a bunch of idiots while a bunch of U.S. senators try and shut down the hearing before it starts. How you think that appeals to them? I'm, I, I, I'm genuinely not sure. Ain't happening. I, I, it, no, it isn't happening. Now, 
I don't want to spend a lot of time on that because I, if I don't feel like I have anything substantive to add other than complaining a bit, I'm going to let that go. But something did happen yesterday, which describes how just when we, Joe, just when we think we've reached peak stupid. Yes. <laughs> um, we have not reached peak no. stupid, apparently, Joe. No, no, we haven't. So I know you were all excited. You were like, yeah. yes, peak stupid has been reached. Yeah. We have not. We are in a black hole, an intellectual vacuum of stupidity uh, that never stops. A woman who is a lawyer who has uh, helped advance along the Kavanaugh nomination confirmation process, a woman by the name of Zena Bash is sitting behind Kavanaugh. She's there right now at the hearing today as well. Zena Bash is resting her hands on her arms. And at that angle that she's resting, it looks like she's making the OK sign as, you know, OK, like, hey, it's a OK. You yeah. know when they do that, Joe? Uh-huh. Now, Joe, let me ask you. I'm not messing with right. you here. I'm going to show you the OK sign. What does that mean to you? That means OK. No, what else does it mean? Nothing. This? No, come on. What else does it mean? You don't know? It means OK. No, no, Joe, come on. What what else does that mean? Is it something dirty? I'm I'm, I'm setting him up on purpose because I know I did not coordinate Joe. I did not mention this to you before the show. You're not faking ignorance here, right? No, I'm genuinely. This means nothing to you other than okay. I'm show. I'm making this circle with my index finger and my thumb. But that means okay to you. Joe, don't ever make that symbol again. You're a white supremacist. Did you know that? Yes. Apparently, that symbol means white power. Oh come on. No, No, dude. Listen, dude. The what? Well, I have an article up at Twitchy. Check it out in the show notes because I uh, this 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 silly, uh, outrageously ignorant lady, Amy Siskind on Twitter. She since deleted the tweet, realizing how stupid it was. Tweeted, "Oh my gosh, this lady Zena Bash is making a white power symbol." <laughs> yeah, I know. Now, because liberals are really dumb, a lot of them, not all of them, but a good majority are really stupid. This spread virally. The lady, Joe, um, apparently her mother is Mexican and her grandparents were Polish and had escaped Polish death camps from the Nazis. So, yeah, she's a likely advocate for a white supremacist. I mean, if you're a moron, of course, which a lot of liberals are. This thing spread virally. The husband, who was a United States attorney, had to rebuke the idiots spreading this imbecilic, less than zero, Stupid nonsense yesterday on the internet that this woman was a white supremacist because she was resting her hands on her lap. Folks, this is the stupid we live in. We live in a cesspool, an ether of stupid on the left that will never, ever dissipate. You have to be prepared. I'm warning you right now. New rules, folks. New rules. We win, they lose. The old rules of civility are out the window. I'm telling you, do not buy into this never-Trump argument that, oh, we have to show them what the this high ground is. No, there is no high ground, folks. Uh. They're boxing with brass knuckles while you have 20-ounce gloves. When people go on the internet and social media like this Siskin lady did and, and tweet this nonsense, it is up to us to fire back nuclear-level bombs immediately and humiliate these people. We cannot let this woman's reputation be ruined because she chose to rest her hands on her lap on a confirmation hearing. She was actually accused by these idiots of using a white power symbol. Now, to completely discredit these far-left, looney-tuned psychopaths, I actually put another link below the twitchy piece. And the other link, Joe, is from the ADL, the Anti-Defamation League, which is not a conservative-leaning outlet by any stretch, showing how, Joe, the OK sign means OK. 
Okay. The ADL has a lengthy piece on how this is not a white power symbol, you idiots. This was a scam on 4chan meant to get liberals baited in to an argument. I'm not explaining this right. 4chan, which is a it's a site where people go on and can post stuff freely. It's a you know, it's it's an open posting board. I'm not really I'm speaking. kind. I've been there once or twice, but I've never really I'm not really deeply familiar with it. So forgive me. I'm just going by what the ADL says. You can read the piece here. I'm citing the ADL for a reason again, because this is not a conservative outlet defending this. It's an older piece, too. Apparently, it was a scam on 4chan. Like, hey, anybody using the OK symbol, uh, it means they're a white supremacist. It was meant as a scam to bait in liberals to accuse everybody who makes it, by the way, which is everyone. Everybody does that symbol. It was a way to bait them from making baseless accusations that people were white supremacists to humiliate them. It was a scam the whole time. Unfortunately, this silly lady on Twitter yesterday fell right into the scam and humiliated herself and everybody else. Now, hat tip to some, you know, even left leaning uh, media figures and they describe who they are on the twitchy piece who said, listen, it's time for this nonsense to stop. This lady now is probably going to get death threats and threats on the Internet for being a white supremacist for doing nothing than than resting her hands on her lap. It's disgusting what happened to her. Absolutely filthy and disgusting. Okay. Uh, debating how to proceed here because I don't want to stop. Um, let me just go with it because we have so. Yeah, best um, thing to do. Just go. Just go. Yeah. Okay. Um, folks, it's all coming together now. Now, I was debating releasing some of this information until after my book, uh, this, my book, uh, it's called Spygate, uh, comes out on October 9th. Um, I was debating it because we're, I'm, I just didn't want to put it out yet. I'd let me leave it at that. There's other reasons, but I'm not at liberty to tell you what they are right now. But I think it's becoming clear right now, uh, based on the gravity of the situation, that even if it may impact some of the revelations in the book, which describe this in further detail, that this isn't about money or book sales to me. Um, and there, again, there's some uh, substantial reasons why I was. it's important for me to get this story out. What happened is becoming clear and a key piece of information in the operation to take down the Trump team. Uh, a piece of information was released yesterday that makes this all even that much more disturbing. Let me get right to it. We found out yesterday. Uh, and then, well, we shouldn't find out yesterday. We found out that in the last few days, I should say, I was waiting on it to make sure it was confirmed from multiple sources that Bruce Orr in the Department of Justice apparently had revealed at some point that his wife, Nellie Orr, may have been working for Fusion GPS as far back as 2015. Folks, that is not a small piece of information. That's not an incidental piece of information. This is a major league breakthrough in this entire operation. Now, I want you to keep that in mind. Keep that little fact in mind as I now break, because it's going to play in why I'm going through this now, why the whole thing was exposed and how they did what they did to Donald Trump. That piece of information is mind-blowing if you know what to look for and you remember the names. Nellie Orr, the wife of Bruce Orr, a senior-level Department of Justice official who speaks Russian, was hired by a company that was later hired by the Clinton team to take the Trump team down. As far back as 2015. Keep that fact, Joe, in the back of your head. Right. Because we, this is some information we did not know. 
We suspected it. A lot of people did. But they did not know this. They were suspect the, the information we had up until a few days ago was that Orr was hired later on uh, by Fusion GPS later on in 2016, 2017. That's a kind of time frame. The fact that she was working for them back to 2015 is going to play big in what I'm about to tell you. Here's how this whole plan went down. And you know what's fascinating, Joe? This kind of uh, goes back to 628. Hmm. Amazingly, we're all we're back to where we started. again. I'm going to let you roll on this, dude. I'm not going to jump in too much. Go, okay. Yeah, do your thing. It's becoming clear now that the DOJ and FBI uh, that they were all in on this anti-Trump effort from the beginning. There were two plans here, folks. There was a plan A. The plan A got interrupted, where, and then they had to move to plan B. Let me describe to you what plan A was. Now, keep in mind, they didn't know there was going to be a plan B because plan A was supposed to be the plan. The fact that it was interrupted, they moved seamlessly and the fusion angle will make sense in a minute. But plan A was this. The DOJ and FBI is all in on the anti-Trump effort. It's clear now that they had access. The FBI and private contractors had access to the NSA database. And that access was being abused for a long time. Ladies and gentlemen, this is significant. This is a really mind-blowing revelation, which we've had for a while, and it's uh, a lot of this stuff is in the book. But think about what I'm telling you. The NSA has a database of downstream, upstream information, metadata collection on emails, phone communiques that is just an astonishing compilation of the data on everyday Americans. Now, that NSA data is supposed to be used to target foreign persons and U.S. persons only very under very specific controlled minimization procedures. The FBI that has access, imagine the data on all of your emails, right? Imagine, think about what I'm telling you here, the power here. In a stunning revelation, again, I told you this as far back as 628, in a stunning revelation in an April 26, 2017 FISA court ruling that's now public, you can see it, and it is in a link in one of the stories in the show notes that I have from Jeff Carlson. The links are in there to this April 26, 2017 FISA ruling. In a response to Mike Rogers from the NSA and his complaints about abuses of this system, This April 26, 2017 FISA ruling has some just astonishing information. Don't forget the Nelly Orr thing. It says that up to 85% of the queries of this massive email and uh, phone record database the NSA has, and you're in it, whether you like it or not, Joe, up to 85% of them were non-compliant with minimization procedures. Meaning people, people are querying this NSA database, searching it for things that are not in 85% of the searches, 85 out of 100 for the liberals who have a tough time with math, are not complying with minimization procedures designed to prevent the government from querying the database about U.S. citizens. Astonishingly, it's also uncovered that the FBI is using private contractors for technical assistance to assist them in this effort. Not only for technical assistance, Joe, but for language assistance as well. And this makes sense. 
if some of the emails or communications are in a foreign language and the FBI doesn't have the linguistic capability to translate, it would make sense that the FBI would contract out that work to say some cleared someone had a clearance maybe who was in the private sector who they could bring in to help translate make sense joe mm-hmm. if i'm you know if joe's talking to a russian for on his felonious mopery charge and joe i can't translate russian and we don't have any fbi agents on duty who can translate russian you got to get the russian translator so you clear someone you bring them in and go hey do me a favor translate this that part's not the fact that they were using private contractors is not the scandalous part it happens folks it happens all the time in the, in the Secret Service, we use private contractors for mental health cases as well to evaluate people to make sure that they were a legitimate threat to the president, right? Yes. What's absolutely scandalous about this whole thing is, and this is a quote from the April 26, 2017 FISA court ruling, Joe. Access continued, talking about these private contractors, even after they completed their work in response to an FBI request. Ladies and gentlemen, who the hell were those private contractors? Don't forget the Nelly Orr angle. So what's plan A? Ladies and gentlemen, it's now becoming very clear what plan A likely was. Plan A was likely, let's go get the Trump team. Let's get information on the Trump team. And ladies and gentlemen, it may not have just been the Trump team. Prepare yourself for this. Remember, in 2015, Donald Trump is not obviously not the nominee for the GOP. The nomination process doesn't conclude till the 2016, till the, uh, the, the end of 2016. It was a long, drawn-out primary. What was the Obama administration, the Department of Justice, and the FBI doing querying this database let's be crystal clear on what happened here ladies and gentlemen read the court documents yourself don't take my word for it the link to the court document is in carlson's piece it is there it is in my show notes i think it's the first it's the first two stories read them you cannot miss this go to page 82 83 and 84 if you dispute any of what i'm telling you the fisa court's own ruling own ruling on the corruption in this in this system here was that the FBI was using private contractors to access the database. These private contractors were accessing the database even after FBI requests were done. Access continued. We know up to 85% of the queries of that database were not meeting the FISA court's own procedures to minimize the, the minimize impact on US persons. Folks, this is an explosive, explosive scandal. Listen, I, I, I was, I'm sitting there, I'm brushing my teeth this morning. I'm thinking because I love my audience so much. Again, I know some of you love the story. I know some of you are, are, are fed up, but not with the story, but you're like, oh, well, nothing's going to happen. Listen, I can't promise you something's going to happen. But I can promise you this. Ignorance is not power here. The more you know about this case, the more you will be able to question your own representatives and say, we demand action. We're not asking anymore. You better you better start getting this thing locked up right away, folks. Now, why was this query into the abuses in the FISA database in that 702, the 702 queries? Why was this instituted? Because back in April of 2016, remember, the actual FISA report doesn't come out till April 26th of the next year, Joe, 2017. 
April 18th of 2016, a potential good guy in this case, Mike Rogers, who's the head of the NSA. Keep in mind, this is still the Obama administration, folks. It's April of 2016. Right. Mike Rogers is the NSA goes to the court, uh, actually discovers he's the one who actually requests this inquiry into the, what's going on, into the corruption. But on April 18th, Rogers shuts down this private contractor access. Ladies and gentlemen, I ask you again, who the heck were these private contractors? Now, Fusion GPS, CrowdStrike, two private contractors that are clearly working with government officials. We know this now. How? How do we know it? Because Bruce Orr at the Department of Justice is meeting with people from Fusion GPS, notably uh, Glenn Simpson and Christopher Steele, their foreign spy who put together the dossier. So we know Fusion GPS has contacts with the United States government. We also know CrowdStrike, Joe, which is the private firm Mm -hmm. that analyzed the DNC servers that are alleged to have been hacked by the Russians. Remember, the FBI never analyzed those servers. Those servers were analyzed by CrowdStrike. CrowdStrike has some significant contacts to the U.S. government as well. Let me read you something from Carlson's piece. This is important. Here are two of the executives at CrowdStrike. Steve Chabinsky, former general counsel and chief risk officer. Who was Chabinsky? He was appointed by Obama, Joe, to the Commission on Enhancing National Cybersecurity (laughs) on April 18, 2016, two months before the CrowdStrike report on the DNC hacking. He was the former deputy assistant director of the FBI's cyber division and the FBI's top cyber lawyer during Bob Mueller's tenure as FBI director. Who else works over at CrowdStrike? Chief security officer and president of CrowdStrike Services since April of 2012. Sean Henry, previously the FBI's executive assistant director of criminal cyber response and services branch appointed by... Director Bob Mueller. Let me ask you this question. Are Fusion GPS and CrowdStrike these two private contractors that were given access to the NSA database to assist the FBI? Remember what I told you before, Joe. The fact that private contractors are given access is not the scandal. There are some services the federal government cannot support. Language services, maybe technical and others. Um, Let me give you the technical side so it makes sense as well. Mm -hmm. Maybe you get some emails and those emails describe some kind of technical sophistication that the FBI doesn't have the, you know, engineering plans or whatever it may be. Mm -hmm. It wouldn't be uncommon to bring in a cleared outside person to look at it and to provide technical assistance. Also to provide metadata reading, things like that. It wouldn't be totally uncommon for them to seek some kind of private sector support. Are we clear? Mm -hmm. I just want to make sure mm-hmm. it's not that private contractors were given access the scandal is that private contractors were given access the access continued even after the fbi request for help was over and the fisa court themselves after mike rogers the head of the nsa says we got a problem here Copy. something's happening with our, our 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 nsa database he folks he's in charge of it he's mike rogers he's in charge he's the head of the nsa they monitor this database He says a year before, there's something going on here. 
all of a sudden we find out that these private contractors may have been abusing their privileges looking into this NSA database to query information. Folks, were those private contractors Fusion GPS and CrowdStrike? Do you understand the enormity of this? Listen, I can't tell you what the consequences are going to be. I'm not the attorney general. I can't. I've got sources. Some are good. Some are okay. I don't, I, I'm not the attorney general. Folks, this is important. It is of critical importance that we find out what happened here. Is the scandal coming together plan A? Plan A at this point was clear. Use the federal government to query metadata collection databases they have on U.S. citizens. Use that data not for law enforcement purposes, but political purposes. Mike Rogers, the head of the NSA, back in April of 2016, Joe, sniffed something wrong. What the hell's going on with the query of this database? This isn't supposed to be for this. Why are we using these private contractors? He shuts it down. Not only does he shut it down, he asks his compliance officer to do a thorough review and submit a report to the FISA court. The FISA court puts out a ruling a year later, April 26th of 2017. Read it in the Carlson piece. Go to page 82. There are some stunning, stunning things in there that these contractors were working on the, uh, in the database after, after the FBI requests were over. What the hell were they doing? Ladies and gentlemen, the key question. Were some of these contractors Fusion GPS and CrowdStrike? Now, does the reason Nellie Orr may have been hired as far back as 2015, this new revelation, now does it make sense why this is so astonishing? Folks, I'm asking a question here. I don't have the answer here for you conclusively. I'm telling you where the evidence is starting to lead. Was Nellie Orr Infusion GPS hired for her Russian language skills? Was Fusion GPS granted access to search this holy grail of email and phone data information the NSA had? Was Nellie Orr somehow involved in a private contractor search of a of really the Rosetta Stone of information on on the on U.S. citizens in an effort not to help a criminal investigation, Joe, but to but to do a political hit job, folks. The ramifications of the answer to that question, the question being, and the only question we should all be asking right now: Who the heck were those private contractors? Were they Fusion GPS and CrowdStrike? Ladies and gentlemen, if they were, we got a real problem here. Let me give you another piece of evidence that I've been holding on to for a while. A certain story is starting to make sense now in the bigger picture. I've been holding it because I wasn't sure. There are a lot of people in the media, McClatchy and others, Joe, who have reported, despite any evidence indicating that their story is true, that Michael Cohen, who for those of you who don't remember the name, was Trump's personal attorney. He is now the one Bob Mueller's investigating. Lanny Davis is is his lawyer. You probably are familiar with the story. Just know he's being investigated for things um, unrelated 
um, unrelated to Russian collusion. How do we know that? Because Bob Mueller investigated Michael Cohen and referred the case to the Southern District in New York. We clear on that, Joe? Mm-hmm. Bob Mueller's charges investigate Russian collusion. He investigated Trump's lawyer. He then referred the case. He didn't keep it to the Southern District of New York. So we're reasonably confident that Bob Mueller understands Michael Cohen is not. Uh, please tell me you're clear on this. Mueller, I'm in charge of Russian collusion. Mm-hmm. He investigates Cohen. He refers the case, which says to me as a former federal agent, he had no connection to Russian collusion at all. And based on the indictment that we saw from Michael Cohen about, you know, the campaign donation mm-hmm. charge with Stormy Daniels and the taxi medallion fraud, that stuff has nothing to do with collusion. I'm convinced Michael Co- Michael Cohen, however good or a bad guy he is, Joe, has nothing to do with collusion. Are we clear on this? This yeah. is an important point. Yeah. Because yeah. this story is now going to hammer this home for you. Yet, despite that, McClatchy and others have repeatedly put out this story that there's evidence out there that Michael Cohen traveled to Prague, Trump's lawyer, during the campaign to set up a deal to hack the DNC with some technologically sophisticated um, anti-Hillary Clinton wizards. That charge, Joe, that Michael Cohen traveled to Prague to organize this Russian collusion never goes away. There are still McClatchy reporters standing by this. Now, if you're confused right now, you should be. You should say, Dan, you're telling us two separate stories. You're saying on one hand that the lead investigator in this case, Bob Mueller, must be convinced Cohen had nothing to do with Russian collusion. But on the other hand, you're saying that there are media people out there that despite Cohen's repeated incredibly strong denials through him and his lawyer, Lanny Davis, that he's never been to Prague in his life. That there are media people out there, Joe, still reporting and standing by the story that Michael Cohen was in Prague. What gives, Joe? You see the conundrum, right? Yes, there's a conundrum. Mueller, who is read into the whole program, has all the evidence in front of him, is obviously convinced Cohen wasn't in Prague. He would investigate the case himself. The media stands by the story. Now, now, now. What's going on? Folks. Let me pose to you a what if. If private contractors were given access to the FISA database and potentially other databases as well, maybe techs and other databases, and found that, in fact, a Michael Cohen was in Prague, and there are emails indicating that a Michael Cohen was in Prague, and that information was passed to a private contractor, Joe, that may have leaked this information to the media at some point, let me ask you this, Joe. Hmm. Is it possible it's the wrong Michael Cohen? Yeah. Mm-hmm. In other words, the media's got accurate information mm-hmm. about the wrong guy. Nobody would be more read into this than private contractors who had access to the full cornucopia of information in this FISA database, email records, phone records. Is it possible somebody has a phone record, the metadata from a phone, Joe, geolocated and everything in Prague for a Michael Cohen? But it's not the Michael Cohen we're talking about. Do you realize epic scandal that would be one of the bedrock contentions of the Steele dossier against Donald Trump is that this deal went down precisely because Michael Cohen helped arrange it in Prague 
They may have a Michael Cohen in Prague, Joe, but it ain't the Michael Cohen you're thinking. You want to talk about collusion? Did the media collude with a private contractor that had access to tier one level sensitive data in the FISA database that has geolocated phone records or emails on a Michael Cohen, but it's not Trump's Michael Cohen? Does that explain why McClatchy and others will not retract this story? I'll tell you right now, it explains why Bob Mueller ran from this case and sent, sent Cohen packing to the Southern District of New York. Folks, this, I, I, again, I can't even describe to you how horrifying this is. Now, I haven't even gotten a plan B because something happens. Plan A, folks, is clearly working out swimmingly. The FBI and DOJ, they get to give access to these private contractors. These private contractors go back to this company, Fusion GPS, which is gathering the information. They have this woman in Fusion GPS, Nellie Orr, whose husband conveniently works for the Justice Department. Oh, I don't think any information was being exchanged there. They're developing little dossiers, maybe not just on Trump. Remember, they don't know Trump's going to be the nominee at this point. Maybe that's the scandal. That maybe this wasn't just about Trump the whole time. Was this an Obama administration, DOJ effort the entire time to gather dossiers on all of them? Oh, folks. All right, I got more. I haven't even gotten a plan B because remember, plan A is not. Plan, no, no one knew it was plan A. It was just plan. <laughs> it only became plan A after they needed plan B, right? <laughs> if we go, Joe, here's the plan, and you don't have a back. They didn't have a backup plan, but they had to develop one quick. All right. Um, today's show also brought to you by one of my favorite companies. Um, thankfully, I'm so glad to have him here as a sponsor because I use this every day, Teeter. I can't say enough about the Teeter inversion table. I use it every day. I use it twice a day before the show to clear my head, stretch out my spine, my shoulders, my back, and I also use it after workouts. With the Teeter inversion table, you can use gravity in your own body weight to decompress your spine and relieve pressure on your discs and surrounding nerves. Decompression for just a few minutes a day is a great addition to anyone's daily routine to maintain a healthy spine and active lifestyle without the pain. This is one of the most... You know, when you first invert on a teeter inversion table you, my wife said to me that looks like it hurt hurts it is the most relaxed i could fall asleep on the thing i love it that's why i do it twice a day and i use it to calm down and stretch out after a workout too if you have back pain if you've been lucky enough to avoid back pain you need a teeter to invert every day and keep your back and joints feeling great i feel like a new man when i get off it it decompresses my spine it's great for my shoulders i really really enjoy it it's not spin folks it's, i really really enjoy this product a lot uh, some products i talk about i use regularly some i can't but I love it. I use this thing twice a day. Over 3 million people have put their trust in Teeter. They're the best known name in inversion tables since 1981. They're the only inversion table brand that has been both safety certified by UL Laboratories and is an FDA registered class one medical device. For a limited time, you can get Teeter's upgraded model, the inversion table with traction handles, easy reach ankle system and stretch max handles. 
Plus, a free vibration cushion for the ultimate muscle relaxation. This is great. Regular price is $499, but 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 they're offering it to our listeners today for $349. That's a savings of $150, nice, right? Saving of $150 at Teeter. T E E T E R.com slash Dan. That's Teeter.com slash Dan. Save $150 today. $349 is a steal for this thing. Teeter.com slash Dan. That's Teeter.com slash Dan. There's a 60-day money-back guarantee, but you won't need it. Get the Teeter Inversion Table. Go to teeter.com slash Dan. $150 off. It's a great product. I love it, love it, love it. They use it twice a day, not just once. Okay. So plan A, just to recap. Wow, this is great. You mean we got access to basically everyone's emails and phones? And I'm the, I'm the Democrat uh, president right now, and I've got a DOJ and an FBI willing to play ball. I've got this lady with a Russian language specialist. Oh, the FBI uses a language specialist to assist them as private contractors when they reach into the NSA database and gather information. Um, folks, that's supposed to be used for criminal and foreign intelligence. Ah, let's just use it for a political campaign, too. Let's give private contractors access. Okay, great. Well, what happened? Well, 85% of these, of, the, of, these, uh, of these queries are not being used for what we thought they were being used for. And these private contractors are exposed by Admiral Mike Rogers, who foils Plan A. Says, no, no, we're shutting this private contractor access down. Now the entire intelligence gathering operation, folks, on political opponents hits a big emergency break. They go to plan B instead of giving up Joe and going, you know, maybe we shouldn't spy on our political opponents. Like, no, 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 no. This has been working out great. We got to find a way to keep this going. We can't. The FBI agents themselves aren't going to engage in these unauthorized accesses into the FISA system. Why, Joe? They don't want to get fired. Right. That's why the private contractors were there, right? So what's plan B? I got an idea. Let's get a FISA warrant, a foreign intelligence surveillance court warrant used to spy on terrorists. And let's do it to spy on the Trump team, because you know what we can do, Joe? If we get a FISA warrant on a member of the Trump team, the two hop rule is in effect. So not only do we get to spy on the email and phone records of the member of the Trump team, but we can hop to the people he emails and then the people they email, which enable us to do what, Joe? Create our own little mini FISA database ourselves of what? Of everybody in the Trump orbit. Isn't this great? Brilliant. Brilliant. What's the problem, folks? And I discussed this at length in my book. There are two chapters on this. This is the part I was hesitant to put out there, but I'm going to do it because uh, it's time. You need some form of an open investigation to get a FISA warrant. Despite, folks, listen, the corruption in this was rife, but these people aren't stupid. They had to cover their tracks. There are very specific procedures, Joe, to go and get a FISA warrant. Yeah. You have to have some form of an open investigation. But in order to open an investigation, they need some form of evidence they can put down on paper. Paragraph one, paragraph one. What was paragraph one? They need to describe in paragraph one of their report how they're going to open an investigation. And to open an investigation, they need credible evidence, folks, that's supposed to be verified through the Woods procedure. 
They need credible evidence that someone is acting on behalf of a foreign hostile power and they're doing it in violation of U.S. law. They need evidence of that. That is the probable cause standard, okay? To spy on a U.S. person, folks, don't forget this. They need evidence that someone is acting on behalf of a hostile power and they are doing it in violation of U.S. law. That's important. Now, remember, oh, by the way, just to sum one thing up, I'm sorry, I don't mean to be distracted, but I don't want to leave you hanging on it. If you didn't figure out the why the information that Nellie Orr was working back as far as 2015 for Fusion GPS, which is new. The queries that were happening that Mike Rogers stops, folks, that stops on plan A, were happening as far back as 2015. Now we find out that a Department of Justice official who's been collaborating with Fusion GPS, his wife was working for them as far back as 2015. Why were they hiding that? While these queries were happening? Joe, does that make sense? Oh, yeah. That makes sense why that's a stunning piece of information? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm with you. I may go a little over today. I'm so right. sorry. Do it. But this is important. Do it. So now they have to move on to plan B, but they don't, the FISA warrant, but they don't have the evidence, Joe, because Trump is not colluding with a foreign power. There you go. So what happens around March of 2016? Trump's at an editorial board meeting with a newspaper and he whips out a piece of paper and says, hey, look, here are my foreign policy advisors. He does it in response to a hostile question like you don't even have any serious foreign policy advisors. Trump pulls out this piece of paper and says, oh, I do. And who are two names on that list? George Papadopoulos and Carter Page. This information gets out there, of course, to a compliant press. I guarantee you Fusion GPS gets a hold of it immediately. And Joe, they've got their angle. But the angle's not enough. So they need to develop more information before they can open up a case, before they can officially open up a case. They need a preliminary investigation to determine that the information is credible, just to be clear, Mm -hmm. before they can open up a formal foreign intelligence investigation, which happens July 31st of 2016. Now do all of the steps in this make sense? How this was obviously now all attempts in a preliminary investigative stage to establish that Carter Page and George Papadopoulos were foreign spies acting on behalf of a foreign power, even though they weren't. Bingo! Bureau guys, I can see them sitting around a room working with these DOJ guys. Guys, we don't have enough. If we open up this case alleging that Trump's colluding with the Russians and we open it up on Carter Page and Papadopoulos and we allege it working on behalf of foreign powers, we don't have any evidence. Some genius comes up with the very bright idea. Well, why don't we do this? Why don't we just set Papadopoulos up? Now, Papadopoulos conveniently meets with this Maltese professor right around April, right after the March announcement that he's working for the Trump team. This Maltese professor shows an unusual interest in him right after the announcement. And he's connected through this Maltese professor with some supposedly Ministry of Foreign Affairs contact in Russia. Who is that? Why does Mifsud, the guy he's connected with, have contacts with Western officials, Western intel officials? Who's working for who here? 
Now, I've described at length the fact that I think Papadopoulos was set up. I think they knew very well Papadopoulos was not a foreign spy. And Papadopoulos was set up in the preliminary investigative stage, Joe, to write a sentence in paragraph one as a predicate to open up a full-blown foreign intelligence investigation. But that's not it. Because that's not enough in and of itself. Because Papadopoulos doesn't bite. Number two. What else are we going to do? We need another bullet point in paragraph one to make sure we can get this FISA. Carter Page. Someone sits in a room and goes, wait, wait, didn't we work with this guy, Carter Page, in the past? Wasn't he somehow helping us out on it? Yes, yes, yes. He was a CI on the Buryakov case, the Russian spy case. Oh, this is great. Yeah, but he was helping us on that case. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Here's what we're going to do. Let's get together. With Steele, Christopher Steele, who's working for Fusion GPS, that may have had access to this FISA database and may have been putting together a dossier in the past. Remember the Cohen thing that's in the dossier? Michael Cohen was in Prague. Did that come from the FISA database? Was that passed to Steele? How did Steele get that information? Oh, I want to know that. I want to know that ASAP. This guy Steele's putting together a dossier on Trump and the dossier alleges that some guy Michael Cohen working for Trump was in Prague setting up a scam and that the scam was being run through Cohen and this guy Carter Page who traveled to Russia who we know has contacted Russians how because we used them as a as a as a confidential informant in a case against the Russians I don't know that's not enough hey let's go to Bruce Orr Bruce Orr's wife is working for Fusion GPS that hired this guy, Steele, who's putting together the dossier. And Steele has all this in this series of memos called the dossier. It's all there. Yeah, but we'll have to verify that. Shh, shh, shh. Not now. Shut up. Orr had been meeting with Christopher Steele the whole time. Steele passes all these dossier information that Carter Page is colluding with the Russians for some uh, some gas contracts, which is an outrageous accusation, stupid on its face. And he's actually been to Russia. There's point number two in paragraph one. What else do we got? Oh, I got an idea. You know, the CIA has this source, Stefan Halper, who works over in the United Kingdom. And the UK is not really happy about Trump right now. Now, we already know United Kingdom intelligence sources and others, according to reporting by CNN themselves, had been passing information about the Trump team. So plan A fails. Plan A is a full-blown operation to probe the FISA database to get information from foreign intelligence on the Trump team. And now, even better, Using those foreign contacts, they can set up Papadopoulos using a spy, Stefan Halper, who reaches out to Papadopoulos and Carter Page, by the way, before uh, Carter Page specifically, before the investigations even open. You see what I'm saying? Remember what I'm telling you, folks. They are putting together a series of bullet points in a preliminary investigative stage to establish the fact that they have evidence that Trump has spies on his team, even though the evidence is complete garbage. They set up Papadopoulos. They get the information on Carter Page from a dossier, a dossier funded by a company who hired the wife of a guy working for the DOJ. They have a back channel of information. Then they say, hey, what about this Halper guy? 
supposedly we have a spy connected to UK intelligence. UK intelligence knows this guy. They've been working on us on the Trump team. What if we have him reach out to Carter Page? The emails are there, folks. Maybe he gets Carter Page to travel over to the United Kingdom. Oh, he did that? Yes, he did. He asks Papadopoulos. Hey, you know about the emails, right? Why did he do that? Why was everybody asking Papadopoulos about the emails? Because the FBI astonishingly still has none of this verified. Step four to establish paragraph one in the preliminary investigative stage. We already know the FBI was using national security letters. How do we know that? Because it's already come out based on Devin Nunes' work. Why were they using national security letters or a form of administrative subpoena? Why were they using that? Joe, who exactly were they issuing subpoenas to, administrative subpoenas? Was this an effort, again, to circumvent their failure to be able to access the uh, FISA database anymore? And most importantly, folks, the Trump Tower meeting, the June 9th Trump Tower meeting. Remember, we're in the preliminary investigation stage of the FBI right now. How do we know that? Because Crossfire Hurricane, the actual investigation, formally opens July 31st. The Trump Tower meeting happens on the 9th. It happens before. Now, another piece of the puzzle I put together last night as I was sitting there putting this show together, thinking this through. I've got one more angle at the end. I don't want you to miss. It's important. Now it's making sense. One of the questions I've been thinking about forever is if Veselnitskaya, the lawyer, the Russian lawyer, and the former Russian intelligence-connected guy, Akhmetshin, and the translator who had worked for Hillary's State Department show up at this Trump Tower meeting on June 9th, it's obvious to me this was a setup. But what's clear to me is, what wasn't, excuse me, what wasn't clear to me is, if they were going to show up to set Don Trump Jr. Uh, 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 Don Trump Jr. up under the predicate that they were going to pass some information about Hillary Clinton, why not just make it up, Joe, right? Why not just go in there and say, hey, we've got these emails. Why not go in there wired up uh, and go in there with the, you know, and say, hey, listen, yeah. we're willing to exchange them in exchange for sanctions. Now it's making sense. The Russian lawyer works for Fusion GPS, who has another contract independent of the anti-Trump operation. Their other contract is working with a company named Prevazon and others and working also on some anti-Magnitsky lobbying. Magnitsky basically is sanctions on Russian oligarchs. That contract, just to be clear on this, is separate. So I think Fusion GPS, out of their own greed, figures, listen. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to go in there and talk about these sanctions first while we have access to the president's kid. And then we're going to make it a quid pro quo at the end. Like, hey, if you guys can make these sanctions go away, we'll give you information about Hillary. Yes. Yes. Now it makes sense. That would be, Joe, a very serious problem for the Trump team. Would it not? Mm. If they walk into Trump Tower, they got the president's kid. Right. 
and they've got Manafort in there and they say, hey, here are these horrible sanctions where, you know, we don't want them. Keep in mind, yep. the, the, there's Vessel Sky is working on behalf of Fusion GPS. She meets with them before and after the meeting. Mm-hmm. They are working to get rid of Magnitsky. This is a kill two birds with one stone operation. Here's what we can do. We can set up the Trump team because we need to pass this information to Nelly, back to Bruce Orr, back to the DOJ. But we need a quid pro quo with the Trump team to make it seem that they're working on behalf of a foreign power. What better way to do it than to lobby first against Magnitsky just in case he's elected? We can get rid of this crappy thing, Mm -hmm. right? But secondly, to say, hey, listen, if he doesn't get elected... Or then we can say, hey, listen, we can pass this information on to the Clinton team that we told the Trump team, get rid of these Magnitsky sanctions in exchange for in dirt will pass you aren't now on Hillary. But what happens? What screws up the plan? <laughs> the Trump team's not interested, Joe. The meeting goes on about five minutes. Conveniently, by the way, they have a translator from the State Department that had worked for Hillary Clinton's operation, just in case there's any misinterpretations of what happens, right? The Trump team's not interested. They get about five minutes into this meeting on Magnitsky, which is all she's talking about in Russian, clearly, because there's a translator. And the Trump team says, hey, this sounds so great and all, but have a nice day. The plan is all screwed up. Also, not inconveniently timed, Veselnitskaya wasn't allowed in the United States. How did she get in? She gets in via a special visa exemption approved by the Department of Justice under Obama. Ladies and gentlemen, why the hell would the Obama administration approve a special visa exemption for a Russian lawyer to come into the United States to lobby against sanctions via Magnitsky that Barack Obama himself put on? Folks, does that make any sense to you? Maybe if she was part of a setup, it makes a whole lot of sense. Let me add another angle to this. Now that that plan gets busted up, why, Joe? They needed a quid pro quo. Yeah, didn't happen. Because Sally Yates, who's the number two at the Justice Department, probably has this Logan Act plan hatched the whole time. Remember, this is what she runs to the White House to explain to Donald Trump that Mike Flynn's in charge of, uh, uh, is going to be charged with. And, and he's in trouble because of the Logan Act. The Logan Act is private citizens conducting business in the United States uh basically counter to U.S. interests or conducting private business, uh, you know, basically in the name of the government when they shouldn't. Was the original Logan Act plan to charge Don Jr.? But to charge Don Jr., did they need, in this preliminary investigation stage, did they need him to agree to look at waiving Magnitsky sanctions through his dad in conjunction for emails on Hillary? But he didn't do it. Joe, now they're uh, now they're screwed. We got this Logan Act thing. What do we do? Oh, I got a great idea. Trump gets elected. Let's listen in on Mike Flynn, his national security advisor. Conveniently, what happens? He gets into a conversation with the Russian ambassador Kislyak about, oh, sanctions. And that's what the FBI approaches him with the White House, at the White House, to interview him on after he's the appointed national security advisor. 
Oh my gosh, ladies and gentlemen, this thing was hatched the whole time. That was plan B. June 9th was going to be the final plan B preliminary investigation piece of information they need. Don Jr. met with this Russian lawyer and agreed to waive sanctions or lobby his dad to waive sanctions in exchange for information on Hillary, but it never happened. So what do they do, Joe? They have to go back to Halper and they have to go back to Steele repeatedly who keeps feeding them unverified information because all prior efforts fail. The Papa D set up, George Papadopoulos set up yep. through Mifsud and this MFA uh, um, uh, Ministry of Foreign Affairs, Russian contact, falls apart. The Carter Page information turns out it's unverified. The Michael Cohen information, it's the wrong Michael Cohen. The Steele dossier turns out to be all crap. They can't back into the FISA database anymore because Mike Rogers has banned them private contractors from getting in there. The FBI is not going to do it themselves. They don't want to be on the record. They go back to Halper. Halper invites Carter Page over to London. They got nothing. He asked Papadopoulos about the emails and others on the Trump team about the emails. They got nothing. The national security letters, subpoenas, they've still got nothing. The Alpha Bank investigation between the server and Trump Tower in Russia turns out to be a big nothing burger. It's a spam operation. The Trump Tower meeting turns out to be a nothing burger. Trump Jr. doesn't take the bait. And they have to move to plan C. Joe, what's plan C? Let me get to that in a second. Got one final read. But you are not going to want to miss plan C. Folks, today's show also brought to you by our buddies at Brickhouse Nutrition. Uh, I love this company. You've been with us from the beginning. I appreciate your patience with our sponsors. They're great companies. They really enjoy being here. And Brickhouse Nutrition has one of the finest nutrition supplements on the market. It's called Foundation. If you doubt me at all in this product, give it a shot using the mirror test. I am so confident you will enjoy it. It's available at BrickhouseNutrition.com slash Dan. That's BrickhouseNutrition.com slash Dan. Uh, that if you take the mirror test, you will be duly impressed. Here's the mirror test. Foundation is a creatine ATP blend that will allow you to perform better and look better. A lot better in many cases. Right, Joe, your son loves it, right? Yep. I'll never mess around. Little Joe yep. loves it. I love it. My brother loves it. I got my dad on it. Everybody. It is terrific stuff. Take the mirror test. Look in the mirror. Take a mental snapshot of what you look like. And then seven days later, come back and take another mental snapshot of what you look like later. You're going to be like, wow. Uh, I have a family member who tried to drive, not kidding, tried to drive up here from Fort Lauderdale for a bottle because he ran out. It is that good. Go give it a shot. BrickhouseNutrition.com slash Dan. That's BrickhouseNutrition.com slash Dan. Pick up a bottle of foundation today. You will not regret it. So, folks, let's tie it all together here. Plan A does not work out. Mike Rogers shuts down these contractors working with the FBI from being able to essentially spy on political opponents. They go to plan B. Don't worry, we'll get a FISA warrant. Surely one of these guys is involved in foreign collusion with the Russians, but they're not. Okay, well, let's set them up. Let's employ some spies and some of our UK intelligence contacts to set up these Trump foreign policy advisors. Who are they? Oh, Carter Page and Papadopoulos. Great. The setup on Papadopoulos doesn't work. The Carter Page information that he's being set up to through the Christopher Steele dossier turns out to be complete, utter garbage. Well, let's just go back to Christopher Steele. Surely he'll produce something. Well, he produces this dossier. What happens? It's crap. Oh, gosh, what are we going to do now? Well, June 9th, let's go to the Trump, inve- the Trump Tower investigation. 
Let's set him up in Trump Tower. He doesn't take the bait on the trade. Sanctions for emails. He doesn't take the bait. Matter of fact, not after the meeting uh, and, and, the, and the information becomes public, Trump Jr. releases all his emails on it. Now they're screwed. They don't know what this happens later. But they don't know what to do. The scandal, folks, is they open the investigation anyway, relying almost entirely on the dossier. They now have to know through Bruce Orr is false. Why? Because Bruce Orr just told the committee that he was very suspicious of the information and steal. The scandal is they open the investigation anyway, despite all of their efforts to set them up. They have to move to Plan C. Bingo. What is Plan C? Plan C is... Damn it, we better hire Bob Mueller. Bob Mueller is intimately connected to all the players in this case. He knows people at CrowdStrike who were assigned to look into, I just told you who they were before. If you rewind the show, you'll hear, he knows people at CrowdStrike, the company designed to look into the alleged DNC hack. Remember, they never let the FBI in. Bob Mueller knows all the players in this, all of them. Who does Bob Mueller bring on right away as his lead investigator in this case? <laughs> this is this is what cued the whole thing last night. It wasn't just a Nellie Orr working for Fusion as far back as 2015. Sarah Carter says last night, and I didn't know this has been out for a couple of days, but she, this is what cued me to look into this whole thing. Sarah Carter's on Hannity last night and says, hey, you know who Bruce Orr was, quote, keeping in the loop? Hat tip Chuck Ross, the Daily Caller, for his report on this. You know who Bruce Orr was keeping in the loop the entire time he was dealing with Fusion GPS, Steel, and his wife was working over there at Fusion GPS from 2015? Andrew freaking Weissman. Oh. Trump's, uh, excuse me, Bob Mueller's lead investigator in the case. What better way to sweep this under the carpet than to get the guy knee deep in the whole thing, Weissman, who's being, quote, kept in the loop by Bruce Orr, whose wife is working for Fusion GPS as they're cycling through these plans to hit the Trump team. What better way to do it than to bring Andy Weissman himself in as the lead investigator investigating his own potential malfeasance? The... the the cojones on these people is astounding. Astounding. Now, one last angle on this. Why else is Andrew Weissman the key to this whole Plan C debacle to sweep this whole thing away? And when I say this whole thing, I mean the FISA abuses and I mean the opening of Crossfire Hurricane Joe, despite no preliminary investigative information that was actually verified that indicated anyone on the Trump team was a foreign spy working in violation of U.S. law. They opened it anyway. Weissman was in on this the whole time. Or is briefing Weissman. But who is Weissman also intimately connected to? Folks, Andy Weissman is one of the head prosecutors in the Enron investigation when Bob Mueller is the FBI director. Remember the failed Enron, the debacle in the Enron investigation? These prosecutions had to be thrown out, these mm-hmm. convictions. Weissman's team was accused of really gross conduct on the case. Joe, who were some of his prosecutors and some of his buddies on that? Catherine Rumler, Lisa Monaco, Bob Mueller's former uh, chief of staff, Lisa Monaco. 
They were prosecutors. They were on that Enron case with Andy Weissman. Andy Weissman knows Catherine Rumler and Lisa Monaco. Monaco was uh, was uh, was Bob Mueller's former chief of staff. Why does that matter? Who are these people? Why do you care? Folks, who was Obama's White House lawyer when this was going on? Plan A, plan B, and plan C. Catherine Rumler, Rumler. the fixer. Just Google Catherine Rumler, the fixer. She's Obama's fixer the whole time he's in the White House. The Secret Service scandal, the IRS scandal, Benghazi, Rumler's knee deep in all of it. Rumler is his White House counsel. She knows Andrew Weissman. She's also Rumler, the fixer, who knows Weissman, who's knee deep in this whole thing. He's kept, quote, in the loop by Bruce Orr. Joe, Rumler is representing a source Bob Mueller's using in the case. She's his lawyer, George Nader. He's using George Nader to go after all these people on the Trump team. Rumler's his lawyer. Rumler knows Weissman. They're friends. She's Obama's fixer. Lisa Monaco was also on the Enron prosecution with Weissman. They're buddies. She was Mueller's chief of staff. Folks, she was working in the White House with Obama in a national security role when all this was going down. And finally, they all know each other. This is an incestuous circle. The guy in the DOJ who was one of the final people to put the stamp on the FISA warrants, on the information process. He didn't sign, but he's one of the final people to put the stamp on the information that made it into the FISA warrant to say it had been verified when it hadn't was who? It was John Carlin, the chief of staff for Bob Mueller after Lisa Monaco who signs off in the Woods procedure that the information used to spy on the Trump team in Plan B was in fact verified when it wasn't. And he leaves very suspiciously right after the election, along with the head of the UK uh, GCHQ, Hannigan, who leaves under very suspicious circumstances, the UK intelligence entity that was sharing information with the United States intelligence, Mm -hmm. leaves suspiciously after the election too. Folks, this Mueller probe is a complete total scam of the highest order. This is a, you are being smoked up. This is a, this, the corruption here is so deep that Weissman should resign immediately. He should be fired by Donald Trump. Mueller should be fired by Donald Trump. This whole thing should be disbanded and criminal charges should be pursued against these people immediately. Now it's come full circle. We're all the way back to where we stood in 628. Folks, again, I'm not trying, you know, buy it, don't buy it, it's up to you. But if you're interested in this, I was keeping it for the book on October 9th. But given the revelations last night about Nellie Orr and Andrew Weissman's in-the-loop contacts with Bruce Orr, it's too important to put out there. But the book's available on Amazon, Spygate, the attempted sabotage of Donald Trump, and it lays all of this out for you. We've known this for a long time. Devastating. All right, folks. Thanks again for tuning in. I really, really appreciate it. I'm just going to leave it right there. You just heard the Dan Bongino Show. 
Get more of Dan online anytime at conservativereview.com. You can also get Dan's podcasts on iTunes or SoundCloud. And follow Dan on Twitter 24-7 at DBongino.